Good evening, everybody. I, I, I'm going to wait for everyone to say good evening back. Good evening, everyone. There, I think that's most of them. <laughs> that's all good. Um, so tonight is Super Bowl Sunday, as most of you know. Um, and last year on Super Bowl Sunday, my dad spoke, and he had his New England Patriots shirt on. And what people might not know is that my team, the Philadelphia Eagles, beat his team. And so I was really excited about that. And uh, I was, my plan was actually to bring their championship banner and drape it over the pulpit, but I figured that wouldn't be appropriate, so I left that alone. Um, it would be the last night that I could actually hang that banner and say that they're the f defending champions. So, um, so I'm going to try to find my notes here on my phone. There it is, documents. There it is. So tonight I'm going to speak on um, a very common topic, actually. It's forgiveness. And it's something we see a lot in, especially the New Testament, but we see it a lot in the Old Testament as well. And um, it's one of the most important parts of Scripture. It's one of the most important principles in the Bible. Um, uh, my, my passage actually starts in, in Ephesians chapter 4. And um, this is where I'm going to start. I'm probably going to be a little bit... It's going to be a, uh, a bit of a sword drill tonight. Because I have a few... I have a variety of passages, so I just have to put my screen on. So we can turn to, uh, sorry, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32. So uh, for those of us who have done the ACPAN marriage counseling, we are familiar with this verse. And for those of you who are at Mary and Nick's wedding, uh, this verse was spoken about at um, at their wedding by Mr. Akpan, and uh, he uh, he brought up a good analogy or a good uh, acronym for it, and I'm just going to mention that. But so Ephesians 4 verse 32 it says, "Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you." Um, this is one of those verses that's like very loaded. There's so much in this verse. Um, but there's three things that we're instructed to do here. We're instructed to be kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving. Um, so the acronym that was shared at the wedding for this was, um, was KFT. <laughs> so, uh, which is a little confusing because you actually have to switch the letters around, and to remember it, you're supposed to remember KFC. So it was interesting. It was, it was an interesting analogy, but it was actually a really, really sweet um, message and really, really great. So I, I, that just kind of stuck with me throughout the fall and, and the winter now. Um, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So even before we did marriage counseling with the ACPANs, um, I was actually thinking about sharing on forgiveness, specifically as my next topic. And I've been 
really focusing on God's forgiveness and, and what it means and what, what it means for, you know, um, what God's forgiveness means for us, what, what it means for us to forgive as well. And so it says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. These three things tie in together, kindness, tenderheartedness, and forgiveness. They all tie in together. The first two, kindness and tenderheartedness, are both qualities. They're both um, basically, they're basically adjectives. They're, they're something that you use to describe someone. So um, I looked up the Webster's definition of kindness. It says friendly, generous, and considerate. Um, and also I looked up tenderhearted, and actually part of the, the definition of tenderhearted is kind. It says kind, gentle, and it says sentimental nature. And then forgiving means to cancel a debt. So forgiving is actually an action. It's a verb. It's something that, it's not a quality. It's not a way you describe someone. You might describe someone as forgiving, but that's based on their actions. So uh, forgiveness is actually an action based on these two qualities. Um, what's amazing about these qualities is Paul is instructing us to have these qualities and to exercise forgiveness. And when we're instructed to do something in the Bible, typically, why are we instructed to do it? It's because God has these qualities. It's because God is these things. So God is kind. He's kind to us. He's friendly. He's generous. He's considerate to us. He's been, he's willing to call us friends. He's willing to, he was generous in giving up his own life so that we can be free from our sin. He's considerate of us. It says, you know, why would you consider me? You know, when I look at the stars, what is man that you are mindful of him? He's tender-hearted towards us. And this is, this is an amazing thing. He's gentle. He's, he has a sentimental nature towards us. There's, there's a, a love for us. And as a result of those things, he's chosen to forgive our sins. And um, that's just an amazing just some amazing truth that's from the scripture. and So because of that, we're instructed to do the same. We're instructed to be kind to each other and we're instructed to be tender-hearted and forgiving one another. So I want to I wanna focus on, uh, for the first part of this, canceling, God canceling the debt of our sin. What, what does that mean? Like um, God forgiving us. Uh, I want to look at that. And I think I want to turn to Luke chapter 15. It's a very familiar um, parable that Jesus spoke. It's the parable of the prodigal son. And I want to go to the, oh, I'm in the wrong one. I kind of want to go to the end of Luke 15. And we're all familiar with the prodigal son. It's, it's a very familiar passage. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read... Um, I'm going to summarize it. So there's this man who had two sons. The younger of the two asked for his part of the inheritance that was coming to him so that he could go to a faraway country and basically squander it, basically just spend it all on fun living and parties and all those things. And he ended up going, and he ended up destitute and starving, and there was a great famine. And... Um, he thought about home, and he longed for home, 
So he decided that he was going to ask his father if he could just become one of his father's servants rather than remaining his son because at least his father's servants had food. And so he decided he was going to make the journey back. When he, when he came back, his father ran to him and embraced him and um, they had a big feast for him. And uh, his father was showing his kindness, tenderheartedness, and forgiveness to this son. A few notes that um, I wanted to bring up. I just wanted to summarize that because it's, it is a long passage. But a few notes I wanted to bring up about that is that the father never brings up anything to do with the son's sins. It's almost as if it never happened. Because the son comes to him with a broken and contrite heart. The son already knows where he stands. The son already knows what's wrong. Before, he even, before the son can even confess his sin or his, um, yeah, his sin, then the, the father has already forgiven him. The father is already, he, he even interrupts him and says, no, bring the, you know, bring the best robe, bring, the be- bring a ring to put on his finger and let's, you know, let's have a, let's have a celebration. And um, this is God's point of view of us when we come to him. He, his desire is to forgive us of our sins if we come to him with a broken and contrite heart and if we truly acknowledge the, um, the sin that we, that we have, then God is more than willing to, to forgive us. He's, he's very quick to forgive. And um, it's, uh, that, that's just kind of something that struck me about this passage as I was reading it. And um, as I was kind of thinking about God's forgiveness, it's, it's amazing how um, sometimes we think that God is up there with a lightning bolt just ready to strike us dead at any moment <laughs> if, we, uh, if we veer to the left or right. And God is holy, absolutely. There's, there's no question there. But it's just amazing the quickness that he, um, you know, he's ready to forgive. He's, he's always uh, faithful to do that. Um, the entire gospel rests on the principle of God's forgiveness. If there is no desire in God's heart to forgive our sins, then we're completely hopeless. We're um, completely, utterly hopeless. I want to turn to Titus. Um, Titus chapter 3. And verses 3 to 7, so we're going to start in verse 3. For we ourselves were once, once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days with malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of the works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing and regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he has poured out on us richly through Christ Jesus our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Um, you can see those qualities again coming out in verse 4. The goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared. It's, it's um, a, 
some qualities that are similar to tenderheartedness and kindness that um, that God actually possesses, and that's why He instructs us to um, to have those qualities as well. Um, and uh, just the fact that we were so evil, you know, we and we are as as by nature we're children of wrath. It says we were ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasure, passing our days with malice and envy, hated hated by others and hating one another. I mean that just emphasizes how depraved we are as as uh, as humans, but uh, it really emphasizes how kind the Lord is to us. Um, so I also want to also want to point out as well that um, good works uh, come after forgiveness. Forgiveness comes first, and then good works. And this is something that, as Christians, you know, we we've grown up who've grown up here, we're familiar with this principle that we're saved through faith um, unto good works, not saved um, by our, by our good works. And uh, actually, Nick shared this that sanctification and justification are inseparable things. And so, when we are forgiven we are not just instructed, but naturally, because we're forgiven by God, uh, He is going to produce fruit in our lives. He will produce good works in our lives. And um, uh, it's interesting just, um, just to see this here. It says, not according to, uh, sorry. Um, when the goodness and the kindness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared. He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the washing and regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. So that is something that's bound to produce works. Uh, when you look at a passage like Isaiah 6, um, you don't need to turn there. I'll just quickly, once again, I'll summarize it. Isaiah is this is when he is called by God into um, becoming a prophet, and it says in in Isaiah six, um, verses one to six, he says, "In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple." Um, he shares about heaven. He shares about what he saw in heaven. Um, I'm just gonna. I'm just going to look at verse 6. It says, One of the seraphim flew to me, having his hand, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth, and he said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Um, this is what um, Isaiah was... He was called by God to prophesy to Israel. But that could not happen until his sins were atoned for, until he was, um, and this is kind of representing that, the fact that, you know, if we want to serve the living king, we, we must be right with him first. We need to be forgiven. And not the other way around. We don't work, we don't serve him to try to gain his favor and try to... Um, 
receive forgiveness from them that way. Um, so there's, there's an application for Christians in this, and this is, um, this is where you see in Matthew, or sorry, in Ephesians 4.32, it says it's, it's an instruction. So it's specifically for Christians. And I'm going to turn to Matthew chapter 18, 21 to 35. This is, um, this is a part of Scripture where um, Peter asks Jesus, how many times do I need to forgive my brother? Uh, it says, Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times, but 77 times. Now, course, Jesus is basically saying, I mean, his forgiveness is eternal, and so he instructs us to forgive eternally, not just, not just 77 times and then we stop, but his point was that even seven times is not enough. Um, he says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants, and when he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay this, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, tenderheartedness, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. For when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. Uh, so his servant, so his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have, you patient, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. And his master summoned him and said, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Uh, and should you not have mercy on your fellow servant as I have had mercy on you? And in his anger, the master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Um, this is a sober warning. It's, it's a warning from God that, um, and I also believe that it's a truth from God that um, when we truly trust in the Lord and we, we truly know the Lord, um, he will give us the desires that he has and he will give us the desire to forgive others. But it is a warning for us on our part that we need to be tenderhearted, that we need to be loving towards each other. And out of that will come the action of forgiveness. And um, I think this is a really important principle for us because we're sinners. We're all sinners. Um, I'm a sinner, so I need to be forgiven. Um, you're all sinners, so I need to be able to forgive you sometimes, probably. Um, oh, my sister's shaking her head, so I guess not. Um, I've never had to forgive her before. Um, 
Um, it's just a really, really important principle as Christians. And there are so many times, um, or th- so many situations that can start off very small and end up huge because of a lack of forgiveness um, over one small thing. I've, I've heard of churches split over, um, I'll be honest, over carjacks. There, you know, that was something that came up one time. There was actually literally a church split because someone had taken some carjacks and didn't return them or something. And then, so it's, it's, a, it's something that Satan has in his toolkit is this unforgiving attitude. And so it's, it's really important that we can, that we forgive each other in the small things, in the big things. And um, I mean, to God, nothing is small and nothing is big. He's, he's above all, as we saying earlier. So it's important for us to forgive. Um, there's also an application for non-Christians as well and people who don't know Christ. And I want to share that because I think it's always important to share the gospel whenever we have the opportunity up here. Um, the fact is, it's really simple. God is loving. He has loving kindness. He is kind. He is tender-hearted towards um, towards us as humans. He cares about us. And we are sinners. We're in need of forgiveness. And God has forgiveness. That is something that he uh, desires to give us. He's ready to forgive. It says in 1 John 1, 9 that he's faithful and just to forgive our sins as we confess them to him. Um, so this is a really important principle. He, you know, God's, if we call out for God's mercy, it's there. And also a good application for Christians as well. When we're struggling with sin, um, part of our sanctification is to come back to the Lord and to call on him for mercy and to uh, just continue in the way of growing in him and abiding in him. That's all part of it. So um, with that, uh, I'd like to actually sing a song from the new book, um, Amazing Love. I think it's number 81. And then we can close. Uh, I'm just going to pray and then we'll sing that song. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. Lord, thank you for your mercy and for uh, your kindness to us, Lord. Um, I pray that you would um, help us to forgive each other and help us to um, just continue to walk in your ways, Lord, and to do things uh, because you want us to do them, Lord. And uh, I pray that you would um, strengthen us as a church and uh, strengthen us as individuals. In, in Jesus' name, amen.